I remember that night like it was yesterday. Christmas Eve 1977. The night the tall man came. Mum had been upset all day, I remember. But this was a different sort of upset. It wasn't like when the money men had come a couple of weeks earlier and made her cry. That had been an angry sort of crying. But that night, as I lay awake waiting for Father Christmas, I could hear her crying in the front room like she was an animal in pain. Like she was broken. I got up and crept over to my bedroom door. I could see my mum in the armchair, her shoulders heaving. Her makeup had smudged, giving her panda eyes. And standing in the doorway was the tall man. I couldn't hear what he was saying, but I knew he was making mum cry. Then she went into Gabriel's room, came back, put on a coat and followed the tall man outside. Even though I was just in my nightie, I crept out onto the balcony and followed them down the stairwell. I saw them, my mum and the tall man, on the road outside the quadrant, standing by a car under a yellow streetlight, snow softly drifting down around them. And then I saw the other man, in the shadows of the alleyway opposite. A man in a cream jacket with a battered white hat. And he was staring back at me, so small and crumpled and so very, very sad. Then the tall man got in his car and drove off. My mum watched it go, her cheeks shining with tears. I looked back at the alleyway, but the little man had gone. My mum started walking back towards the quadrant, so I raced back to the flat, my feet freezing wet and dirty, ran into my bedroom and leapt into bed, shaking with the cold. Then I heard mum come back in, and she started to cry again. And I dreamt of snow, and tall men, and small men, and terrible bargains made at night. Gave me a heart attack lurking in the dark. Sorry, you here on your own. Yeah, there's only one reason why anyone comes to the cemetery this time of night. So, uh, how about you and me go for a little walk? Yeah, we don't have to talk if you don't want to. It's not, uh, it's just you're standing on a freshly dug grave. Simon Jenkins, 1968 to 87. Never knew him. <laughs> Never will. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not respectful. Yeah, well, point is, no one can see us. So, uh, money. What? Money. Now. Nah. You haven't got anything. Just the bus fare. Come off it. Wallets! 
Or you'll be the one with a freshly dug grave. You'll be the one with a freshly dug grave? He actually said that? Something like that, yeah. I, I don't remember his exact words, David. I was too busy fearing for my life. Ooh, yeah, you would, I suppose. So what happened next? I'm not going to ask again. Money! Yeah, I told you, I haven't got anything. Liar! And then he lunges at me, and I'm thinking this is it. I'm going to die. When suddenly all these tentacles burst out of the ground and grab him, twisting around his neck and snaking into his body. Yeah, Harry, that's what really happened. You think I'm making this up? I don't know. Sounds like something out of the alien. Here you go. This wasn't a film. This was real. Why do you think I was screaming my head off and shaking when I came in? I thought you'd been mugged. Or you'd seen Cher. I nearly was mugged. I was nearly killed. But this thing, whatever it was, it saved me. So, this underground octopus monster, it ate him? Not quite. <laughs> For a start, they weren't like octopus tentacles. They were made of a sort of silvery metal. And it, it doesn't eat him. It rises out of the grave and burrows into his body like, like worms. Until the whole thing's inside him and wearing him as a suit. Oh, nasty. Oh, by the way, that reminds me, there's some spaghetti in the fridge if you want it. David, this is serious. So, then what? You did a runner? Not quite. I'm standing there, frozen to the spot, like they say in books, with this corpse standing in front of me. And it's smiling. Yes. Yes. What the... Who are you? What are you? The Kappa is dead. <laughs> Long live the Kappa. No, no. Get away from me! Get away from me! Well, it's a good story. I'll give you that. It's not a story. I swear, on Sylvie's grave, it really happened. The Kappa? Isn't that what they used to call the dealer who lived at number 11? Yeah, Simon Jenkins. They called him the Kappa because, well, if you don't know, you don't want to know. He died a couple of weeks ago, jumped off the top of a car park. But the thing is, they say he was still alive after he hit the ground, that it took him several hours to die. And now he's come back? And now he's come back. Gabriel, what are you doing out of bed? It's gone one. Just watching. I like watching. Yes, well, that's enough staring out of the window. Can't think what you find to look at. Mr Harvey was running home. It was funny, Mum. I'm not interested in Mr Harvey. You might not have school in the morning, but you still need your eight hours. Some man's gone into flat 11. Flat 11? I watched him break the padlock on the door. I don't want you having anything to do with flat 11. He's still in there now. The lights are on. Go to sleep, Gabriel. Please, love, just go to sleep. And the current 
heat wave is expected to continue. They are the headlines on Sunday, the 26th of July. Now, here's the latest track by Project Icarus. Shake it up and groove it. Nasty coffee. Yeah. Much as I love late 20th century Earth, what are we doing here? Smile. What? Smile, Roz. Smile. You're making even less sense than usual, Doctor. Smile, an illicit substance. The year is 1987, and it's recently arrived on the scene out of nowhere. What do you mean? It must have arrived from somewhere. Of course. But its point of origin is very difficult to trace. Because whenever someone comes into contact with it, death is never far behind. And now it's here, in London. The latest consignment came through Heathrow three weeks ago. And now it's reached its target, this place, these people. <laughs> You're talking as if it's alive. No, it's not alive, Chris, but it might be acting as a carrier. A carrier? For what? I don't know. That's a problem. I've no idea. Then how do you know it's a carrier? Because of how it kills people in a remarkably violent and inelegant manner. I don't know if you've noticed, Doctor. The girl in the corner's been staring at you for the last ten minutes. Not just the last ten minutes. She's been following us ever since we arrived. Who is she? I have no idea. Excuse me. If you don't like strawberry, they've got three other flavours. What? What are you, some sort of... I guess I'd say you were 14. How'd you know? I counted the rings in your leg. You think you're funny? You're from Red Hamlets, aren't you? No, I'm not. Well, of course you're not now. They're pulling it down. But you were. I seen you. And when exactly did you see me? You remember. I'm afraid I don't. You did, because you seen me and I seen you. So tell me, when did we see each other? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, 1977. That was the only time? Yeah. Then tell me this. What is so very important about that night? I never said it was important. Ah, but you did. We saw each other ten years ago, just once. You'd have been, what, no, I don't know, four or five years old, and yet you can pinpoint the exact date with the precision of a laser. So tell me, what happened? Nothing happened. You should know you were there. I might well have been there, but I haven't been there yet. I told you, nothing happened. How many more times? Uh, leave her alone, Doctor. You'll have to forgive our friend. He means well. Who are you? I'm Chris Quedge. This is Ross Forrester. Hi. Bev. My name's Bev. Bev? Would you like a handkerchief? In fact, I paid her several of different colours, all tied together on a string. Ta. <laughs> I'm really very sorry if I made you cry. I didn't mean to. I didn't cry. I get hay fever sometimes. Hay fever and bad memories can have the same effect. Bad memories can creep up on you when you least expect, even on glorious summer days. <laughs> I got so many bad memories that if I started to cry, I could flood the world. I don't remember because it was bad or anything. It just happened, that's all. Mum was talking to this tall man late at night, and I don't need telling what was going on. It was always the same old thing. Showed him money. Showed lots back then, ever since Dad left. She followed him out, and I followed her down to the street outside. And that's when I saw you. I was there. In the alleyway opposite. And you were looking at me, so don't deny it. Then this tall bloke drove off and I ran back home. That's it. End of story, all right? Are you sure, Bev? 
Is there something you've forgotten? Some detail? You can remember it now? Remember. Remember it, Beau. Remember why it makes you cry. Say it out loud for the first time in your life, and it will haunt you no more. No! There's nothing more! So leave it, right? Well, if these red hamlets are so important to the tale, let's have a look at them. That's where red hamlets used to be, over there. What are they doing? Rebuilding? So the council say. But it's been like that since last year. You should hear Mum go on about it. Says it's infested with rats. So you live somewhere in this housing block? The Quadrant. We're on the second floor, number 41. That's charming. You must have a real sense of community. Are you taking the mick? No. Because there are good people here. Just because some of them don't have nothing, don't make them bad. I didn't mean to suggest good. that... He... So, you know everyone here? Just about. Above us in 67 is old Mrs Ern. She's on her own. Harry Harvey and David Daniels are in 28 across the way. Over there in number 22 are the leathers. Best of all, you And what about in there? In where? In there, number 11. There's no one in number 11. Are you sure? Seems to be occupied now. That didn't take long. Drugs then. They've been buying and selling from there for years. What sort of stuff? You name it. Bloke who lived there copped it two weeks ago. But it looks like someone set up shop. Beverly? Oh no. Where do you think you've been? Now I'm in trouble. Stand back. Mum's in a temper. Mum! You don't have to come down! Doctor, you said the latest consignment of Smile was somewhere in this area. Yes. If it was delivered to the dealer at number 11 and he died a few days later, it fits the pattern. Assuming he met with a, what was it you called it, violent and inelegant death. Yeah. But what concerns me is that somebody seems to have taken over his business. Oh, shut up, Rob. Good afternoon, gentlemen. You're probably wondering why I called you all here. Wondering who the hell you might be, more like. Don't you recognize me? I am the Kappa. The Kappa died. Had an argument with the pavement and lost. You don't even look like him. Well, you can tell the difference. All these bodies feel the same to me. What are you talking about? You were an associate of the Kappa. You were all his associates. Your names and faces were held in his memory. Associates? Who talks like this? You distributed narcotics for him. I need you to distribute them for me. If you do, you will be handsomely rewarded. Uh, rewarded with what? I am prepared to be generous. You will be amongst the last of your kind to die. As you know, the Kappa had taken delivery of a consignment of the substance known as Smile. What do you think we've been selling these past three weeks? And you haven't been following his instructions, have you? I've checked. After his unfortunate demise, you decided to raise the price. What if we did? A Kappa's dead. He was dead. But then he got a new body. Me. <laughs> what? I can prove my identity. 
The Kappa was storing the narcotic in a secret location. I know that location. What is it then? Do you think I'm stupid? I don't know what you are. What's wrong with you anyway? Your mouth, it just opens and shuts when you speak like you're a Muppet or something. <laughs> yeah, fussy bear. Waka waka. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me. Beverly, come here. Oh, what is it? What's she done now? Mum, I haven't done nothing, so don't start. Anything wrong, Mrs. Tyler? No, thank you, Mrs. Hearn. Nosy old biddy. She can mind her own business. Right, Beverly. Who are these people? What have you been up to? You said you're meeting Anne Marie. Come on, what have you done? Mum, I. Mrs. Did... Tyler, your daughter's been of immense help. If I might introduce myself, I'm the doctor. Well, why didn't you say? Oh, letting me go on. We've been expecting you. You were supposed to come two days back. I was. You must be Miss Forrester and Mr... Oh, I'm sorry, I forget. Wedge or something? Quedge. Quedge, that's right. What took you so long? We've been waiting. Harry! Harry, the capper is back and he's found another body! <laughs> oh, God, not funny, David. Joke? Well, it's gone one already, and you said you'd do the bins. Oh. Oh. Oh, will you look at that? What is it? Oh, down there in the court. The blonde. What about him? Oh, I think I'm in love. Oh, excuse me. I have to exfoliate. Listen to me. I am offering you a very simple choice. Either you follow my instructions, or I take my business elsewhere. And you will be amongst the first casualties. Casualties? Casualties of what? The war that has been fought since the beginning. The reason why I am here. The war must be fought. The war must be won. Yeah, right. Thanks, but no thanks. Whoever you are, whatever you are, you can count me out. See you around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you will regret this. All of you. You will all die. You first, mate. Later. The man from the council was hanging around for hours on Friday waiting for you lot to show your faces. Till the pubs opened. Then he left the keys and papers with Mr. Jangley in number one. The keys and papers for what? Number 43. Mr. Jangley gets paid by the council to act as a semi-official caretaker. Semi-official couldn't care less if you ask me. But he's had to go into hospital with his pelvis, so he gave the keys to me. Lucky for you that he did. Sorry, you're saying we have a flat in this housing block? Yeah. You're two doors down from us. Mr Skinner, number 46. Don't cross him, he's got a hell of a temper. He's got a niece in the housing department. She saw your names on the waiting list. I see. It's quite posh for the quadrant having a doctor. I'd take care of a tattoo like that. You'll get kids knocking on your door for prescriptions and all the old dears of their aches and pains. I'd tell them to get lost if I were you. So, this is ours, is it? Not exactly much room for three of us. Now, I'm sure you won't make too much noise. I've got a boy of nine, he's in bed early. And my name's Winnie. Nice to meet you. Lovely to meet you too, Winnie. Well, make yourselves at home. If you need anything, you know where I am. Number 41. That's right. There should be plenty of stuff, though. The lot that were here cleared out in a hurry. Oh? Why was that? 
Paul's win. Moved to a semi-detached in Tootin. See you then. Goodbye, Winnie. And thanks. Well, I left all the cupboards full. Anyone fancy some tea? No kettle, but there's a saucepan and no milk. Two sugars in mine. Ah, they left some of their post behind. Mr and Mrs Constantino. Yes, it appears we are the beneficiaries of their little stroke of luck. Except luck had nothing to do with it. This was you. Me? Oh, come on. I stopped believing in coincidence when I saw my first police telephone box. This flat is situated directly opposite the Quadrant's notorious drug den. No doubt when Mr Constantino was filling in his coupon, a little man in a battered hat sidled up and whispered some numbers in his ear. Would you say it was battered? And then at some point in the future, you'll travel back and put our names on the housing list. That's the problem with time travel. Sometimes you get ahead of yourself and have to play catch-up. And finally, you'll appear to the four-year-old Bev Tyler so she can recognise you and lead us here. No, 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 it's too easy. There's something rushed about. There's something urgent. Maybe it's just simple for once. We could lay our hands on some smile tonight, I bet. Maybe everything will be sorted out by Monday. Perhaps, but I know my own techniques. This suggests I'm in a hurry. Things may be more complicated than I first thought. All these years and it still feels like I'm starting from scratch every time. Mr Harvey. What do you want? Can't you see I'm doing the bins? I know your secrets, Mr Harvey. What secrets? I know about your dead wife and what you can never tell her. I know where you were last night and why you were there. I know all about you. Get out of my way, you... If we're staying, we better get to know the neighbours. This place must house, I don't know, a hundred? A hundred and fifty-seven. Hmm. Everybody needs good neighbours. I may not be at my best in a place like this. What do you mean? Well, people retreat into their homes, making them fortresses. Their concerns are focused inwards. At the end of the day, they want to know what they're having for tea, what's on television. And that's how they survive. And it makes it very difficult for me to gain access. Access to what? To them, to their lives, to the pulse of things. You're a doctor. Surely a pulse can't be that hard to find. Wherever I've gone in the universe, I tend to find the seats of power. If I have a talent, it's for getting to the centre of things. So? This place has no centre, and that's what worries me. I might not see all the things I need to see. The Tyler family, they might be important. I suspect they are. But I'd find it easier to gain access to the court of Rassalon than to step through Winnie Tyler's front door. And there are 76 front doors in the quadrant, 76 fortresses I might need to breach. That's quite a task. And if things are as complicated as I think, I can't afford to fail. I still don't understand why we have to stay up here watching. One of us could go down to number 11 and knock on the door. Not yet. Whoever's in there is working to a plan, and I want to know what that plan is. But nobody's been in or out of the place all evening. It's unlikely that they keep normal business hours. I mean, peak traders usually after dark. Ros and I are trained adjudicators. We have some experience in narcotics investigations. But this is no ordinary investigation. Well, 
I've spoken to Mrs. Hearn in number 67. And? And according to her, the former resident of number 11 was a young man called Simon Jenkins. He died by jumping off the top of a car park. Is that violent and inelegant enough for you? No, it doesn't match the pattern. Any idea why he would want to end his life? No. Maybe he was in trouble? Yes, more trouble than he could have possibly imagined. Wait, I think something's happening. A car's pulled up outside number 11. Kappa! Hey! You in there? Kappa! Open up! Alright, kick it in. Anyone home? Hello? What's he doing? Just staring out the window? Hey! Kappa! We've got something for ya! Alright, let him have it. <laughs> Anyone for cocktails? Justice! Old Testament style! You think you can kill me with fire? Even death cannot stop me! Call the fire brigade! Listen to me! Nobody is to go near that flat! I'm not afraid of no fire. It's not the fire you should be scared of. We don't know what else is inside that flat. Keep back, all of you! What do you mean? You think there might still be someone alive in there? No. Nothing remotely human could have survived. He means fumes. He means it might be toxic. He means there might be explosives in there. Now please, get back! Telling us to keep back. He saved our lives. He saved us. It's the Margaret sisters I feel sorry for. Bad enough living above a drug gang, and now this. Anyone seen them? Yeah, they're over there. What about the Lonsdales? I've seen Minorca last I heard. And the Charlesworths? Oh, the sweet tea. That's what they need. Oh, the sweet tea. Oi, you, this isn't Guy Fawkes, you know. You can put those cans away. Don't know what the world's coming to. You couldn't have planned this better, Doctor. What? One minute you're saying how every home's a fortress, the next minute, here we are, meeting them all. And I think they like us now. I never said I wanted them to like us. That's the last thing on my list of priorities. Now you just look at that, Gabriel Tyler. I can see over the balcony, Mark. You don't have to hold me. There's bodies in there, for all we know. Maybe grown men, and if they're dead, it's by their own hand. Live by the sword and die by the sword. I've told you that, haven't I? Yes, Mum. They've brought those flames on themselves. They're vermin, them and their kind, and you're not to go near them, do you understand? Yes, Mum, I know. Promise me now, promise your mother, you're to stay away and never touch filth like that. Now, promise. I promise. Your mother's here and you're fine. I've got you and you've got me. Both of us are safe. Yes, ma'am. Doctor, what is it? What? You were staring at Miss Tyler and the little boy. Her son, I presume. You think so? Adopted, maybe. She's white, he's dark. Keep an eye on him for me, would you? 
Well, I have a word with his mother. What am I supposed to be looking for? You're the adjudicator. Use your powers of observation. Oh, come on. You can do this. He's just a block like any other. Oh, hello. I'm David. Hello. My name's Chris. Uh, you're new here, aren't you? In number 43. You don't miss much. I uh, saw so you arrive earlier. You've caused quite a bit of a stir. Have we? Well, most types we've seen before, but you three, you're a mystery. Mrs. Skinner reckons the little guy's married to the black woman and you're their adopted son. <laughs> <laughs> but Mr. Skinner, he swears that the list his niece saw had three separate surnames. Mrs. Thomas and Mrs. Evans, that's them over there, the one with the tracksuit bottoms and the short one, they reckon the little guy's your dad and the black woman's your girlfriend. <laughs> As if. Yeah, I, I didn't believe that either. So, what is it? Let's just say we're family. In other words, I should mind my own business. Not at all. Who's the third lady? Uh, that's Mrs. Hearn. Nice enough, and gives you the time of day. And that's more than you can say for most of them around here. <laughs> like Mrs. Evans. You know, those tracksuit bottoms of hers, there's a story attached. To tell the truth, I'm not really interested in Mrs. Evans' tracksuit bottoms. Oh, no, of course not. Why would you be? You're... You're like me, aren't you? Where'd you go? Maggie McFly's? Marilyn's? JoJo's? I'm sorry? Nightclubs. Which one did you go to? I'm afraid I've never heard of them, let alone visited them. I'm new in town. Oh, I thought I'd recognise that wide-eyed look of innocence. But I'll have to take you, show you the sights. Yeah, perhaps. But I know that fireman, though. He's a definite friend of Dorothy. Who's Dorothy? Oh, you really are a small-town boy, aren't you? Ah, so he's alive, then. What? Over there, outside number 28, that's Harry. A sad old sack, but he leaves me alone, so long as I clean the fridge once a fortnight, he's happy. Oh, so that's where you live? Uh, yeah, me and Harry. I mean, live as in settee, you know. The flats on the east wall have only got one bedroom, so Harry's got the bedroom and I'm outside. Not, you know. It was his wife, I knew. I knew his wife, not Harry himself. Although, I know him now, obviously, but I don't know him, know him. He was married, you see. Oh, well, he would have been if he had a wife, wouldn't he? And I'm not, obviously. Obviously. I wonder if you'd mind if I... Only it's been a long day and... Oh, no, 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 not at all. I'll see you around, Chris. And you. TARDIS translation circuits malfunctioning. Only possible explanation. Can't be easy bringing up children around here. Easy doesn't come into it. I do what I have to do. And what's that? Sticking leaflets in boxes. Three quid a box. But it means I'm home when the kids come home from school. What about Mr Tyler? Long gone and well rid for your information. Good. Good. I was worried there might be something wrong. We've all got our problems, everyone in the quadrant. The world's more full of weeping than you can understand. Mum! Mum! And you must be Gabriel. I like your clothes. Oh, thank you. Though no, they're not exactly, uh, how would you put it? Ah, uh, oh, yes, wicked. Wicked? No one says wicked anymore. Really? 1987? I could have sworn they did. And what's that you got there? A muggle suit. And where'd you get that? Mrs. Skinner gave it to me because I was hungry. Did she? Well, you can go and eat it inside and careful not to get any on your pajamas. Beverly, where have you been? With Anne Marie. We were just checking out the fire. Well, the fire's out now, so you can get yourself off to bed, my girl. Eight hours, I know. Mum, I spilt the soup. What? Oh, I just told you. Can't leave that one alone for a minute. Where were you standing, Bev? Around about here. What? 
It must have been here, just outside your front door nine and a half years ago. And your mother was where? Heading for that stairwell? Shh! Shut up! Ah, it's a secret. Of course it's a secret! Now strike your face! Well, I wasn't to know. You talked to me about it this morning. And we'd only just met. How was I to know that you've never told your mother what you saw? Of course I never told her, stupid! And I wish I'd never told you to leave it! Oh, Beth, if only I could. If only I could. The fire engines have gone and everyone's returned to their homes. There's a couple of policemen checking the area around number 11. Once they've gone, we'll pop down. So all of a sudden we're on the wrong side of the law. What do you mean, Ross? This place has got dealers hanging out of every door and nobody says a word. No one reports them to the police. It's practically lawless. Oh, I don't think that's fair. When I spoke of 76 fortresses, I didn't mean that every front door hides some dark, terrible secret. Certainly, there's the capper's flat. And I've heard a rumour or two about the leathers, but that's two doors out of many. And what about the tiler's front door? Does that hide a dark, terrible secret? Oh, thanks for reminding me, Roz. I told you to keep an eye on Gabriel. Now, tell me what you saw. It took me a while to see it, but there was a pattern. A pattern? It was like... It was like Gabriel was centre stage. While I was watching, everyone in the quadrant came into contact with him. As if... As if they were paying homage. An entirely subliminal effect. Mrs. Skinner gives Gabriel some soup, not because he tells her he's hungry, but because he is hungry. Now tell me, what did Gabriel Tyler look like? Describe him. What colour was his hair? Blonde? No. Darker, I'd say. But it's hard to tell in that light. You were under the same security lights. You both had a perfectly good view. Well, there were hints of blonde, but it was dark underneath. No, it was blonde. Maybe a dark shade, but still blonde. What about his skin colour? White. Right. Just as I thought. It's called a glamour. A glamour? An enchantment to seem more attractive. When you look at Gabriel, you see something of yourself reflected back. So I see him as blonde and white. And I see him as dark-haired and mixed race. Everyone who looks at that boy sees something familiar which makes them respond kindly. That's why everyone paid him their respects. Because they needed reassuring. So they sought out their mirror image. Surely somebody's noticed the discrepancy. I mean, they must have noticed he looks completely different to every person that sees him. Not at all. Underneath there's a real little boy. If you saw his photograph, you see the real Gabriel and you just think it wasn't a very good photo, not quite capturing what you see. The glamour is nothing more than a shiver on water. Does he know he's got this power? I doubt it. Those capable of casting a glamour are ranked as low-level psychics. Gabriel Tyler probably just thinks he leads a charmed life. Mum! Mum! Gabriel, love, what is it? I'm, I'm thirsty. Yeah, I thought you might be. So I brought you a glass of water. Thank you, Mum. Now, you've had enough excitement for one night. Go to sleep. Yes, I will. Tomorrow. I said I will, so I will. I promise. <laughs> I know you're in there. I know you can hear me. My brave little soldier, you can fight. 
for mommy. Please come back to me. The world's full of people casting glamours. Even in your time, there must have been those who got good jobs without ever showing any intelligence or application. <laughs> One or two. That's the glamour at work. It's a benign talent, essentially passive. Those with glamour tend to live long and happy lives without ever achieving anything. Because they can coast through life, they don't need to try. They're generally classified by those around them as nice. Not brilliant, not special, but nice. But what if you robbed a bank or punched someone in the face? He'd find his glamour had deserted him. It's a fragile thing. It doesn't stand up to a challenge. But what interests me is that consignment of a hitherto unknown narcotic has ended up in the vicinity. This makes things so much more interesting. And in all probability, so much worse. Doctor, if the glamour reflects back an aspect of the onlooker, what did Gabriel Tyler look like to you? Good night, Chris. Roz, see you in the morning. Good morning, Mr. Leather. What, uh, what do you think you're doing? Get out. Don't you recognize me? I'm the Kappa from number 11. Yeah. I'd heard you had a facelift. And the rest. So, what? You waltz in here, plonk yourself in my armchair? I need your help, Mr. Leather. My associates let me down. I noticed. <laughs> Three weeks ago, I took delivery of a consignment of a new narcotic. Smile. Good stuff. So, I so to create a market, I told my associates to sell it at a rock-bottom price. Five pounds a gram. Five quid? You're mad. That's giving it away. Blimey, I'd have bought some. You're a nutter, Cap. I'm not mad. But it seems I was naive to expect them to follow my instructions. After my death, they took advantage. You can't trust no one these days. They've been selling Smile, and it's been spreading across the city, but not fast enough. You see... I want everyone to try it. Everyone? Teachers and bankers, housewives and policemen, all of them. Taste it and you'll taste heaven. So where do I come in? I tried to negotiate with my erstwhile partners, but for some reason they weren't keen. They don't think I'm quite myself. Yeah, I saw the fire. The point is... They only had a fraction of the consignment. The rest is in lockup number seven on Crimea Street. And? And it's yours. You'll have to break the lockup open. I don't know where the keys are. I've got this habit of losing things these days. You're offering me the whole supply? You've a handy network spread across the entire city. Tell them to sell it for a five or a gram and sell it quick. They can try the stuff themselves. Keep them sweet. Perk of the job. Your erstwhile partners aren't going to like that. They've already bombed your flat. What will they do to us? Nothing. I'll take care of them. I promise. What's in it for us? What's your cut, Kappa? Nothing again. 
The money's yours. My little gift. Sounds too good to be true. That's my offer, Mr. Leather. Take it or leave it. I'll take it. Thank you. I knew we could do business. We're not so different, you and I. Oh, God. Mr. Harvey! What do you want? Mr. Harvey, you have a car? What about it? I want you to take me for a drive. What? I know your secrets, don't forget. Please, Mr. Harvey, just a, just a little drive. Just a little drive? I was thinking of going out anyway. Wait here, I'll get my keys. Careful! Broken glass. The whole place has been gutted. We'll never find anything. I wouldn't be so sure. Doctor, what you were saying about Gabriel last night, how did he end up with the glamour? Well, he could have been born with it. Or he could have been given it when his mother was pregnant. As some sort of experiment. Shh. This is where he was standing. Who? Whoever was in here. How can you tell? Residual energy. Of what? Tribophysics. Remember when I said things might be worse than I thought? Well, they are very much worse. Something has found its way to Earth, and it's older and more dangerous than I thought possible. Roz, get me a car. Chris, get me some smile. That's it, Mr. Harvey. Stop here. Yeah. I want to go for a walk. You will wait for me, won't you? Yeah, oh wait. I wouldn't want to leave you in... What is this? <laughs> An industrial estate? Goodbye, Mr Harvey. The Fry Foundation. What's that then when it's at home? Ah, Mrs Jericho. I'm sorry to disturb you. Not at all. It's a lovely morning, isn't it? At least it's going to last. Dr Greco. Has there been any change? I'm afraid not. Mm. Stephen's condition remains stable, but we are monitoring his brain function, so if there is any sign of improvement, no matter how slight we're He's going never to... going to wake up. We both know it. It's been three months since he slipped into a coma. Three months since he last opened his eyes. Mrs. Jericho, with, with acute polyneuropathy, it's, it's very hard to make definite predictions, but there's always hope. You must be patient. It's only been a few days since he was transferred here. Sometimes I think it would be better if he just stopped. Oh, now, you mustn't think like that, Mrs. Jerry. <laughs> Why not? To end his suffering. He's in no pain. As I told you before, in a comatose... Sometimes I think about the funeral. What flowers we'll have. What hymns we'll sing. And I've even got a black jean muir dress already. You probably think I'm a bad mother, don't you? Not at all, Mrs. Jericho. Nine years I've spent sitting at his bedside in rooms like this one all across the world, watching him go through endless tests and operations as experts like you try to find out what's wrong with him, watching him getting weaker and weaker, never going out, never playing with other children. Oh, you've done everything you can. No one is criticizing you. What can I do? All I can do for him, for my dying son, is to hold his hand. 
hold it till it gets warm again. Every day, every night, for nine years, I've been there for him. The nurses come and go, the doctors come and go, my husband can hardly bear to visit, but I remain at his side. So I ask you, Dr. Greco, am I a good mother? What mother could do more? Can I get one of the nurses to bring you a cup of tea? I don't want tea. Or maybe go for a little walk. Shame to waste such a beautiful day. There's always someone here. And if you're worried, you can always phone. I don't like leaving him. Whenever I leave him, he gets worse. It, it's like there's less and less of him every day. Now, that's just your imagination, Mrs. Jericho. Now, go on. Get some fresh air. You'll wear yourself ragged sitting here fretting all day long. When Stephen wakes up, he doesn't want to see his mom all worn out, now, does he? I suppose I could go into town, do some shopping. Now, that's it. Take your mind off things. Your son couldn't be in better hands. We're doing everything we can to make him better. I don't want my son better, Dr. Greco. I want him perfect. Good morning, Mrs. Jericho. Good morning, Monica. Just popping out. You have my husband's number if anything happens. Yes, Mrs. Jericho. What was that? I, I said yes, Mrs. Jericho. No, not you. Turn the radio down. You can't. It's Stephen. It's Stephen. He's outside. M Mrs. Jericho. I can see him. He's in the street looking up at me. I want my mom. I want my mom. I want my mom. Stephen, it's me. It's me. You're not my mom. Stephen! Stephen! Dr. Gregos, thank goodness Mrs. Jericho's having some sort of... He's there! Look! There's, uh, there's no one there, Mrs. Jericho. Not now, but he was there. My little boy. My Stephen. Stephen is still in his room in intensive care. He hasn't moved. I've been with him the whole time. But I saw him. I saw him. He was real. Enjoy your walk, Gabriel. Take me home, Mr. Harvey. Nice day out. Maybe we should have gone to the park. Hush, Mr. Harvey. Take me home. And tomorrow, we'll come here again. Yes, Andy, I'm in a meeting. I'm sorry to interrupt, Mr. Jericho. I have Mrs. Jericho for you. She says it's urgent. Put her through. Yes, sir. Eva, what is it? Alfred! Eva, my precious, what's wrong? Why are you crying? I saw him. I saw Stephen. Oh, help me, Alfred. I saw him. In the Fry Foundation? I know, you've been no, with... No, no, outside, in the street. Oh, God, we've been through this before, my love. Remember the other times you thought... No, you saw... it was him. Eva, my love. Oh, Eva. You heard all that, Thomas? Yeah, Mr. Jericho. Then you know what must be done, don't you, Thomas? Yes, Mr. Jericho. Well, I got us a car. 
They weren't sure about accepting gold doubloons, but I convinced them in the end. Roz, look at the newspaper on the table. Page nine. Okay, grave attack mystery. Two days after being buried, the remains of Simon Jenkins, 19, were dug up and horrifically mutilated. Look at the photo. Notice anything odd about the soil? <sighs> the earth. The earth has been pushed up from below. What's odd is that a creature capable of dimensional shift should force its way through six feet of soil. Doctor, what's going on? <laughs> Takes me back. Being asked questions. Just like in the old days. My life used to be a lot simpler. Questions would be asked and I'd be there with all the answers. Happy days. But dead and gone now. Well, all good things come to an end. I used to do this sort of thing all the time. Knock up gizmos from bits of this and that. I once built a weapon that could fry a Dalek at 50 paces. If you're enjoying it so much, then tell me what it's for. Right. Tribal physics. Literally, the science of interacting surfaces in relative motion. I'm beginning to understand why people stopped asking you questions. It's also an ancient art dating back to the time of legend. A means of slipping between dimensions, which is very convenient when your home is being firebombed. That's why I've removed the TARDIS. You did what? I sent it into the middle of next week. The flicker of light we saw in the Kappa's flat was a sign of dimensional stress. You said this thing was older than you thought. Does that mean it dates back to the time of legend as well? Possibly. And if it's very old, it's very dangerous? Undoubtedly. The time of legend might as well be named the time of war. Not just for Gallifrey. There were countless civilizations forging their way through the stars, all too many of them with a taste for conquest. This thing might be a product of any one of those races. And it's being carried in the smile. That's what I want to find out. So how does Gabriel Tyler fit into this? Exactly. How indeed? OK, one more question. What is this contraption? It should make tribal physical movement more difficult. Keep an eye on the counter, Roz. Make a note of each reading. Why, where are you going? Out. Science is all very well, but I think the Quadrant has more stories to tell. Stories about what? People. What's happening in the quadrant is happening in the silences of its people. There's much to be found in the gap between what people say and what they leave unsaid. Yeah, you're an expert in that. Shane, put your back into it. I wasn't joking. Must be enough smile here to get half of London off their faces. Oh, I could be over a million quid's worth. Maybe, but I told you lot. Five quid a pop. And if I find that any of you has been marking up the price, cutting it or stashing it aside for a rainy day, you won't be smiling anymore. Do I make myself clear? Yeah, whatever. Don't worry about selling out. There's plenty more where this came from. And once they've got a taste, they'll be begging for more. This is like a special introductory offer. <laughs> <laughs> Now divvy it up and get selling. The war must be fought. The war must be won. Hold up, I've only got one pair of hands. Oh, 
It's you. Mrs Tyler, good afternoon. What do you want? I'm in the middle of getting the kids lunch. Gabriel seems a nice lad. Yes. Yes, he is. Popular. Yes. Tell me, Mrs Tyler, just as a matter of curiosity, what date is Gabriel's birthday? What? I've got things to do. Who is it, Mum? That doctor fella. Just coming in for a chat. Just his birthday, Mrs Tyler. That's a small thing to ask. Was it December? I've got lunch to make and the living room to clean. The world's more full of weeping than you can understand. Uh, tell me why you said that, Mrs Tyler. I know the poem and its title. I can only guess what it might mean. And I don't like its implications. It's nothing. Just a phrase I heard somewhere, that's all. What's going on? Bev, tell me, has your brother Gabriel ever been ill? Has he been to hospital? Yeah, eight months back. Appendicitis. What's it to you? Tell me about it, Bev. Don't you speak a word, my girl. Just hospital. St Mary's, I think. But then he had to be transferred to some posh place in London. Complications. Yes, and then he got better and came home again. End of story. Who was Gabriel's doctor? Tell me, Bev, please. Just tell me one thing I can use. I don't know. Dr Gecko or something. He looked like Neil Tennant. And Gabriel's birthday is Christmas Eve, isn't it? Isn't it? There's someone at the door. Babe, Gabriel's birthday, tell me! Excuse me, Doctor, there's someone at the door. Hello? Oh. Good afternoon, Mrs Tyler. We meet again. Oh, no! Babe, what is it? Oh, no. Oh, no, it's him. It's him! I remember. I remember now. I got up on Christmas Eve and I saw her. Bev, please, no. No. Tell me. You must. She took Gabriel. She went into his room and picked him up and took him out. Carrying. She was carrying. Carrying Gabe. She had a baby in her arms. She took my brother and gave him away. To him. She gave him to the tall man. I'll never forget that night. Not till the end of my days. Christmas Eve, 1977. The night I sold my child. It all began that summer when I went in for my first scan. I lay there on the hospital bed and the nurse told me, Good news, Mrs Tyler, it's twins. She couldn't understand why I just started crying. But then when I was sitting in the corridor waiting to see a doctor, I met this man. This tall man. He said he had a deal that would make us both very happy. There was this woman, he said, a rich woman who couldn't have children. It's Providence, Mrs. Tyler. It's taken me years to find a woman like you. What's special about me? Your husband's gone, there are wolves at the door. You're struggling to feed and clothe your daughter. One new child is bad enough. Too. It's a disaster. Do you think I don't know that? They'll be taken from you. You'll lose all of them. So, give someone else a chance, eh? Think of it. One twin growing up with money and prospects, while you bring up the other free of debt. You'll pay me? How much? Three grand. Three thousand pounds. That's what I agreed to sell my baby for. Not straight away, of course. Six months went by with bills mounting up and loan sharks knocking on the door. I told them Jacob was gone. 
But they said a debt must be paid. The name on the list is Tyler, and any Tyler will do. In the end, I had no choice. That's what I told myself. When I went into labour, I checked into a private hospital, leaving Bev to be looked after by Mrs Hearn. I gave birth in the early hours of Christmas Eve. But then seeing my two boys, so fragile and perfect, I changed my mind. I couldn't go through with it. I fled for home, taking them both with me. But then Mr Thomas came to collect. He offered me more money, £30,000. He told me that my boy had a mother waiting for him, a mother who would let him want for nothing. So I took Gabriel's brother down to Mr Thomas's car, watched them drive off into the night, and went back inside and cried. Cried till I couldn't cry anymore. you shut that girl up? Bev, this isn't the time or the place. I said, can one of you... Sorry, I heard a scream. Everyone all right? Yes? Thomas? I'm afraid Thomas is unable to take your call, but if you'd like to leave a message... So, your name is Thomas. Who are you? The doctor. And this is my friend Roz. She's the one who rendered you unconscious. Using minimum force. And handcuffed you and put you in the bath. All part of the service. Bev's in the front room. She won't speak to me. And you already know Mrs Tyler. Oh, for God's sake, woman, what the hell are you still doing here? You should be gone ten years back. The South Coast, you said, and what do I find? You're still in a quadrant. I didn't have any choice. Choice? You had 30,000 quid. Where did it all go? I had debts, bills to pay. I've had ten years of bringing up two kids on my own. Mr Thomas, why did you come here today? Because they're here. Do you hear me, Winnie? The family are in town. I don't know how, but Gabriel's found them. Do you understand the danger we're in? Gabriel's found them. You said you'd stay away. You said we'd never set eyes on you again. Now listen, Winnie. I brought you some money. It's in my wallet. Now you use it. Go on Ollie right now and take the kids. Get out of London before the whole thing blows up in our faces. Why can't you be the one to leave? Winnie, it's for your own good. Take your money and take your family and leave us alone. I don't know what it's been like. You're not the only one that's suffered. The family's had its problems, perhaps more than you. We can't leave town. We have to stay. Why? Because this is the only place where we can save his life. What? He's had nine years of treatments. None of it working. So, last week he was transferred to the Fry Foundation run by an expert called Dr. Greco. He's Stephen's last remaining hope. Stephen? So that's what they called him? Stephen? 
Miss Tyler, Gabriel's not in his room. Where is he? Gabriel, don't let him see me. Don't let him see me. Where is he? If he's not here, he's at Sam's. He must be. Slap four. Roz? I'm on it. Hello? Can I help you? Oh, I hope so. It's my little boy. I left him in the car, you see, while I was upstairs visiting the Fry Foundation, but when I came back, he'd gone. How long ago was this? I was only gone for half an hour. Oh, I dread to think what's happened to him. Have you called the police? Yes, yes, they're on their way. I was wondering. You have security cameras set up all around this building. Maybe they pick up something? Uh, Give me a moment. Half an hour ago, let's see. Is that him there? Yes, that's him. I knew it. I knew I wasn't seeing things. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, aren't you going to wait for the police? Hey! We're going to Ramsey Street for the latest events in the lives of those Australian neighbours in half an hour. But first, the one o'clock news from the BBC with Philip Hayton. Bev? She took him. She took Gabe. She handed him over like meat. All these years I've defended her and she was lying. No, you've got it wrong, Bev. Just think. Christmas Eve, your mother gives Gabriel away. Christmas Day, he's still here, isn't he? I remember. I got a toy pony. Mum said she hadn't been able to get me anything else, but we could go to the shops the day after Boxing Day. And I could have whatever I wanted. You're angry, Bev. But you still can't remember why. There must be something else. Something that scares you so much you blocked it out. Think of your family. The answer's there. I remember. Mrs. Earn was there. When Mum came home. She'd had her baby. I asked to see it, but she shushed me, saying that babies couldn't be seen, not at first. But then, while she was talking to Mrs. Earn, I crept into Gabriel's room and looked into his cot. And what did you see, Bev? Tell me, what did you see? There were two babies, and one of them was glowing. I was so scared. More scared than I've ever been about anything, ever. And then you forgot. We forget because we must. You know, Doctor, don't you? Yes. We tell ourselves that the end justifies the means, but forget that there is no end. Every day and every night the burden remains. But one question. Yes? What did you do with the £30,000? You could have moved away, started a new life, and yet you remained here. Because it was blood money. I wrote one cheque to pay off the loan sharks, then I tore up the chequebook, and I haven't touched a penny of it since. Because you didn't want Bev or Gabriel to be tainted. I had to protect them from it. No presents, no feasts, no dining on their brother's blood. I made a fuss of Bev that Christmas out of guilt. But that was my own money. 
Everything they've had since, every meal, every pair of shoes has been paid for with my own sweat and toil. Doctor, I've been to number four. Neither Sam nor his mother have seen Gabriel all day. Gabriel and Stephen. Roz, escort Mr Thomas back to his car. He's going to take us on a little drive. I think Mrs Tyler needs to be left alone. Hers is an entirely human tragedy. I haven't got time for such things. All right, Thomas, lead on. And don't get any ideas or I'll break your arm. No, I love a strong woman. Doctor! Doctor! Chris, any luck? Getting smile? Not yet. I've spoken to David at number 28. He's agreed to show me some of the local hotspots. Good. Now, we have a car and the keys are on the kitchen table. You'll find a device beside them. A tri-fizz limiter. Take it with you. You have your radio comm with you? Of course. Good. Then, stay in touch. The moment you get your hands on some smile, I want to know about it. Come in. Hold your horses. Oh, sorry to disturb you, Harry. I was just wondering if you'd seen our Gabriel. No, no, I haven't. Sorry. Well, if you do, tell him that his mum's not cross of him and he's to come home straight away. Will do. Sorry not to be more help. I did it. I told her I hadn't seen you. Thank you, Mr Harvey. But why do I'm you... hiding, Mr Harvey. I close the cupboard door and act like I'm not here. I'm not here. You're not here. And, and this is him. This is uh, Stephen Jericho. But he looks like... He looks exactly like... The world's more full of weeping than you can understand. The title of the poem is The Stolen Child. Although this wasn't theft, this boy was bought and paid for. Wasn't he? I was acting under instructions from Mr. Jericho. Of course you were. This boy is Gabriel's identical twin brother. And I think he's dying. Well, at least this pub isn't full of... What did you call them? Clones? I don't know what you're complaining about. When we walked into Annie's bar, I've never seen so many jaws drop. You're like Jane Mansfield in The Girl Can't Help It, you are. Yeah. But, flattering as that is, the reason for this tour is because you said you'd be able to help me get some smile. But when you turned up on my doorstep, I'd have said yes to anything. It's just that buying drugs isn't my usual scene. I'm, I'm like you. I treat my body as a temple. And places like this, if you're not local, you're a threat. Particularly if you're one of us. One of us? I'd better call the doctor. What's that? It's a kind of mobile phone. Uh, don't use it in here. You'll get us pumped. Switch it off. Shush, shush, shush. Some of the cappers lot over there. Hold on. I'll have a word. Wouldn't it be better if I asked? <laughs> no offence, but they take one look at you and think, pretty police. Excuse me. I know how to handle myself. <laughs> I'm sure you do. We're here. They say the cappers still alive and working with Jack Lever. Blood in the city was smart. Practically giving it away. And he wants to see us at the Crimea Street lockup tonight. Hey. What do you want? Oh, what have you got? <laughs> what? Well, have you got anything that might put a smile on my face? Come back tomorrow. We're not selling. Now, do one, Larry Grayson. <laughs> yeah, shut that door. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried. 
I saw. Uh, but before, they were talking about the Kappa. They said he's working with Jack Leather now. Jack Leather? Yeah, lives at number 22. Makes his money with protection rackets. Those people you spoke to, they're leaving. Come on. Well, it's clear from their body language they're on edge, psyching themselves up for a fight. I want to see where they're going. Well, I spoke to the nurses, but they don't know anything. They only started working here a week ago. And as far as anyone can tell, this place didn't even exist before then. Any news from Chris? No, he's turned off his radio comm. Doctor, what are you doing? This equipment is not here to keep Stephen alive. It's running tests, evaluating, monitoring psychic activity. What? Like, like in Ghostbusters? Winnie Tyler sold her son to you, and he became Stephen Jericho. And in separating a psychic gestalt, you condemn one of the boys to death. Unless I can prevent it. I don't even know what a gestalt is. It's when the minds of two or more individuals are combined telepathically to form a greater symbiotic whole. Thanks. No, I still don't know what a gestalt is. But one boy would always be stronger. Mrs. Tyler was lucky. She kept the strong one. The Jericho family bought the victim. And once they were separated... Stephen bled psychic power, which Gabriel soaked in. One getting stronger as the other got weaker. The physical distance would have slowed the rate of feeding, but Dr. Greco's put paid to that by bringing Stephen here. No coincidence, Roz. It never is. Yeah, I seem to remember telling you that. Stephen's been calling to Gabriel telepathically. In his unconscious mind, he yearns to be reunited with his brother. So this must be what the tribophysical creature is homing in on. It, it's being drawn here by their psychic distress. But now it's here. What does it want? The answers aren't coming fast enough while everything else accelerates. Is he, is he waking up? No. Gabriel's influence is increasing. I, I could go and find him if we bring the boys together. No, that would make things almost worse. The Gestalt's been corrupted for almost a decade. Reunion would be cataclysmic. Like radioactive isotopes. You bring the two together and boom. Boom, indeed. Right now, I think we have to keep the Tylers and the Jerichos as far apart as we can. Anyone spending too much time with Stephen may be affected. In what way? Prolonged exposure to psychic distress is liable to induce madness. Mrs. Jericho, she spends all day, every day in here, sitting with her son. Hello, something smells nice. Sit down, dear. There's wine on the table. Mm, special occasion? No, I just thought it's been too long since I cooked for you. Sausages and mash. It's considered very fashionable at all the best London restaurants. Dear, come in here. There's something I have to tell you. Will it take long? It's any... about Stephen. What is it? Oh, Dr. Greco, as he called, is the... No, no, there's nothing wrong. It's about when we... when we first got him. Please, sit down. Go on. But, before I begin, remember, I just wanted to make you happy. That's all I've ever wanted to do. To make you happy. I know that, dear. So, when we found out you uh, we couldn't have children, we agreed we would adopt. But the authorities said we were too old, so I had Thomas search for a woman willing to give up her child. I do wish you would get to the point, dear. Until at the end of 1977, Thomas finally found such a woman. Go on. The thing is, the reason why she was prepared to give up Stephen was... was because... was because he was one of twins. Twins? Yes. Stephen has a 
twin brother. Alfred, oh, Alfred, I know that, dear. Let me finish dinner. You must be hungry. He went home an hour ago. I've already tried calling him there. But if Mr. Jericho reappears, tell him that Mr. Thomas wants to speak to him urgently about Mrs. Jericho. She might be having some sort of breakdown. No luck. I've got to get over there. Ross, stay with Stephen. Let me know if there's any change in his condition. What? What about you? It's time I had a word with Dr. Greco. Any flight up the States, I don't care how much, it just has to be today. Nice to meet you, Neil. Glad I caught you before you left. My name is Neil. Irrelevant. I'm the doctor. The definitive article. Whereas you, Dr. Greco, fall far short of the title. Leave that alone. That's confidential information. I've stabilized Stephen's condition. Not that you're interested. From the charts, it appears you've done nothing more than give Stephen pet scans and saline. Disguising the fact that his coma has worsened since you brought him here. As you knew it would. I've provided every facility. I'm talking! Now, let me see. I'd imagine that Stephen's medical file has caused some curiosity over the years. When it fell into your lap, it was like manna from heaven. And then, by chance, you came across Gabriel Tyler eight months ago, a boy troubled by simple appendicitis. But his face telling a different story of his kinship to another patient. Far away. They were identical in every respect. It was obvious. So you decided to conduct an experiment, light the blue touch paper and retire, no matter what the consequences. You don't understand. Before he fell into a coma, Stephen Jericho was demonstrating genuine psychic powers, the first scientifically verifiable evidence of an ability that would revolutionize our understanding of the human species. I see. This foundation... It's a remarkably elaborate operation for one man. What are you suggesting? I'm suggesting you're working for someone. Tell me, who pays your wages, Dr. Greco? My research is funded by the Institute. The Institute? What Institute? Torchwood. I work for Torchwood. Never heard of them. So, they help you set up all this just so that Stephen would be brought into close proximity with his twin just to see what would happen. To save his life. His life? That was the least of your concerns. If you cared for your patient's welfare, why are you leaving? I'll tell you why. Because Mrs. Jericho saw Gabriel, didn't she? And it's only a matter of time before she realizes what you've been doing. A woman is utterly unbalanced, delusional, but her husband has powerful friends. Science is our privilege, Dr. Greco, and you've abused it. For fame and money. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to overpower you and tie you to that chair. When we first got Stephen, he was so perfect. It was almost as if he glowed. And then he went wrong. And no matter what we did, no matter how many specialists we saw, he never got better. He just got worse and worse and worse. Well, you know, I had the doctors check everything. Even with a twin brother as a donor, it wouldn't help Stephen. I realise that. The problem is that you never told me Stephen was one of a pair. What? <laughs> the solution's simple. We were sold faulty goods. What do you do with faulty goods? You take them back. 
Eva, dear. Alfred, none of this would have happened if you'd told me the conditions of sale. I've wasted my life sitting at that boy's bedside, unaware that a perfectly good replacement was on the rack. Oh, come on. You ordered us. You said again and again you wanted to know nothing of the woman, only that she was white and Anglo-Saxon. God, there were children abroad we could have taken with no comeback. And some places are giving them away. <laughs> oh, that wasn't good enough for you. Oh, no. We had to buy British. Finish your meal, dear. It's not often I cook. If you'd known it was twins, you'd have said no. That precious baby of yours had to be yours and yours alone. I know you. You'd run out of the room if someone had the same dress, never mind an identical child. I think there's something wrong with these sausages. No, there's nothing wrong with the sausages, dear. What? The mash, on the other hand, has an extra special ingredient. Rat poison. Rat poison? Are you mad? Help me! I hope you don't mind, Alfred. I disconnected the phone line. I didn't want us to be interrupted. I only wanted to make you happy. I was going to join you, Alfred. But now I've changed my mind. It's all right, Stephen, dear. Mummy's coming to get you. So, after Mum and Dad chucked me out, Sylvie Harvey took me in, treated me as her own, and now she's gone, I look after Harish. You'll have to paint a picture. I never wear my glasses on a date. Another part of the psyching up process. That group that just went in was armed with shotguns. They're gathering their strength. Blimey. It's like the long good Friday. I honestly have no idea what you're talking about half the time. Oh, haven't you seen it? It's got Bob Hoskins. No, I mean all this friend of Dorothy stuff. It's like you're talking in code. You really don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, I get that you're chatting me up. I just don't know why you have to be so oblique about it. Oblique? Now there's a word. What do you think, I should just ask you for a snog? Yeah, that would probably work. It... it it would? Try it. It's no big deal. Where I'm from, we have more important things to worry about than what gender somebody finds attractive. As Sammy Joe said to Crystal's double, all cats are grey in the dark. Okay, now I really do have no idea what you're talking about. Get your head down. Looks like they're ready for action. Go home, David. What? Walk through the Baxter estate on my own at night. You're having a laugh. Then stick with me and do exactly as I say. And then can we have that snog? Yeah, if we make it out of this alive. Good evening, Mr. Leather. Blimey, don't you ever knock? Is that better? You'll have to forgive my unfamiliarity with your human formalities. You're human what? Who talks higher? I do. Well, Mr. Leather, how's business? Booming, my old son, booming. Thanks to your special introductory offer, Smile's been selling our hot cakes. The consignment has been distributed across the city. And beyond. We're close to selling out. While your associates have been most efficient, uh, you've been selling your share of 50 quid a gram before celebrating by having a private tasting session. Well, if I have, you sit. 
perk of the job. Indeed I did. So as another perk of the job, I will give you a sneak preview of what I have planned for the human race. You are The war stratagem is ready. Activate and extrude N-form. Is it, Thomas? I'm in a hurry. Uh, I just wanted to see how you are. Make sure you were okay. As you can see, I'm perfectly fine. Uh, uh, Mr. Jericho... He told me everything about how you had both deceived me. I would say he got his just desserts, but he died during the main. What? What have you done, you stupid cow? Eva, what have you done? It's all right, dear. Mummy's on her way. I've been your Reverse. I'm going to sing like a bird. And forward. Oh. How was Dr. Greco? I gave him a strict talking to. Now he's sleeping the sleep of the unjust. I sent the rest of the staff home. How's Stephen? Sleeping peacefully. I've been too distracted, Roz. Unraveling the strands, weaving the Tylers and the Jerichos together. If only someone had said... You do the same yourself. Keep secrets. Sometimes I think you live in silence and we're just distractions. Yes, I know. And you're doing it now. What's being carried in the smile, Doctor? I think I know. I didn't at first, but until I discovered Stephen here. You see, it strikes me, Roz, that Gabriel Tyler has effectively been draining his brother's life force, like a vampire. Yeah? Yeah. So as soon as Chris gets some smile, the fight begins? Who knows? As soon as Chris gets some smile, it's all over. Simple as that. His radio comm's still switched off. I'll keep trying. Come out, Mr. Kappa. We know you're in there. You said you wanted to see us. Kappa, well, here Kappa, we are. Kappa, Kappa, what are we doing? Kappa, Kappa, they seem to think Kappa, the Kappa's hiding in one of the garages. I'd better call the doctor. Kappa, oh, Kappa, ten missed calls. Damn, damn, damn! Hey, behind the bins. You might as well come out. Or do you want us to come and get you? David, just get ready to run when I say. self-repair bullet wounds. I offered you the big time, boys. And your infant minds couldn't look beyond ruling the neighborhood. Well, 
It's happening without you fellas. So you'd better make way. I've got life beyond life, and I'm going to live it. And you're paying. What is it? What's happening? The Kappa. He's full of tentacles. Metal tentacles twisting out of him like snakes. So I thought he was telling the truth. Neil Cotter. You still owe me 50 quid. <laughs> Jamie Doherty. Remember when we used to bunk off school and go shoplifting together? <laughs> Richie Sullivan. I took a beating for you. <laughs> Scott Delaney. I've been doing your girlfriend behind your back. <laughs> I thought we were friends and better still, business associates. But now it's time for trading to cease. The future starts now. Here it comes. The big time. It's transforming into its genuine form. David, run! this program for an emergency announcement from the BBC Newsroom. Reports are coming in of a serious rail accident involving Intercity 125, which is derailed and plunged from a viaduct in the East London area. Fireball is visible from as far away as Mars. Casualties are unknown, but given the scale of the accident, the police are fearing live. We have helicopter footage of the disaster. metal twisting in the wind. We are seeing the crane, some sort of creature. It's a it killed him! All those people just like that for no reason! Doctor, it's finished with the train and it's grown legs. Four telescopic legs and it's walking off. Not fast, but it's moving. Keep after it! Didn't get that. Can you repeat? I said keep after it. The Trifizz limiter only has a range of 15 meters. Why didn't you tell me that before? You weren't 15 meters away from it before. Chris? Are you all right? Chris? Yeah, sorry. We were just going under a bridge. We? David Daniels is with me from number 28. I'm not saving the world over the phone. Uh, Chris, I'm on my way. What? You can't. You don't have a car. Yes, I do. Dr. Greco's. But I'm coming with you. No, I need you to stay here with Steve. But I can't. I'm Ross, not Ross, gonna... please. Oh. I've got to help Chris, and I don't want both of you in danger. Uh, you can help me best by staying here. The doctor said I'm to keep after it. What? Is it mad? This gadget prevents it getting even more powerful. Even more powerful? Ooh. Go home. 
David, please, while you still can. This is it, isn't it? The end of the world, and we're all gonna die! I don't know, just go back to the quadrant and wait for me there. Once it's all over, I'll find you. You're all right, but take care, Chris. Please, take care! Mrs. Jericho, thank God. Quickly, untie me. You'll never believe what happened. Mrs. Jericho. You said you'd make my son better. You said you were doing everything you could. Well, that's right. But all the time, you were lying to me. I know, Dr. Greco. I know Stephen has a twin brother. That's why we came here to London, so they'd be closer together. I thought it might aid Stephen's recovery. By bringing him closer to the cause of his illness, you see... I can hear Stephen speaking to me in my head. He's told me how you've been conducting experiments on him. I, I, I've been trying to confirm a diagnosis. Trying to make a name for yourself at my husband's expense. Are my son's results in this computer? Uh, Mrs. Jericho, what are you doing? Uh, please, put the monitor down. Goodbye, Dr. Greco. I'm having you struck off. That is a nasty injury, Dr. Greco. I'd get that seen too if I were you. This area is under the control of the British Army. All persons are to be evacuated at once. Oh, for goodness sake, let me through. I'm afraid I can't do that, sir. Uh, hey, read this. What does it say? Dr. John Smith, unit. You're with unit? Very much so. So, are you going to let me through or not? I... Who are you? Mrs. Jericho. You'll have to excuse me, I know it's after hours, but I've come for my son. I'm not one of the staff. Then what are you doing in my son's room? Look, Stephen's all right. We've stabilised his condition. I've got a friend, the doctor. If anyone can save Stephen's life, it's him. Stephen's had enough doctors to last a lifetime. Mrs. Jericho. No, that machine's the only thing keeping your son alive. I'm sorry, but Mother knows best. I don't know who you are, but if you try to stop me, I will have to kill you. But I told you, don't come between me and my son! Mrs. Jericho. It's not my fault. You chose to get in the way. You brought it on yourself. Okay, under 15 meters. Activating limiter. I don't believe it, it worked! Hey, boy. Yes, you there. You. Can you tell me? Tell you what? Do you know what's happened to me? Can't you tell? You must be in contact with the machine. Oh, yeah. It's big. I'll lose myself. What can you see? Everything. I can see the universe. Galaxies exploding in webs of dark matter. Fleets of bow ships riding the iron reefs. But I can't see the Kappa. I'm lost. Lost in the machine. There's my voice, and my memories, and everything I want. But it's not me! What happened to make you like this? I took some smile, and 
there it was. My secret friend. Wriggling like a worm in my head. Telling me what to do. Telling me I was special. But I said no. So you jumped off the top of a car park to kill yourself? No. It's the other way around. Now I'm the worm inside its head. Calling the shots. What do you mean? The boys are coming together. It can taste a waveform on the air. It just let me have a killing spree because it knew that soon the whole world will see the end form. Then it all starts. What starts? The war must be fought. The war must be won. coming. Your own business practices have consumed you. What have you done? You've frozen it. Long ago my people were artists. Artists of war. They reveled in the beauty of dying suns, and they built this, the urn form. A sentient sculpture that kills without compunction. Doctor, what did you do? I spoke the first part of the numerical base that exists at the heart of every piece of our artwork. Call it painting by numbers. Then you've turned it off? No. That will mean delving deeper. But I can do it. It's over, Chris. The war from which the end form was created ended in the time of legend. But it's up to me to clear up the mess, as usual. So this thing was created by the Time Lords? And it's ready to activate and slaughter the planet. The smile must have spread far and wide by now. And there's a piece of end form in every gram of smile? Yes, and once it's ingested, it becomes a dimensional vent through which the end form can enter the physical world. And it needs to be spread across London because... To avoid breaching the fabric of reality. Better to use lots of small holes than one big one. That's how the vampires got in in the first place. The what? The vampires. The enemy this end form was created to destroy. Vampires as in vampires? Yes, vampires. Gabriel Tyler has a twin and even now he's draining life from his brother. The process corresponds to a vampiric waveform. And if the Enform thinks the human race has a vampire inheritance, its instructions are clear. Destroy the world. But you can stop it, right? Oh, yes. While it's preoccupied, I can interface with it and transmit a closed-down signal. Now, give me the smile. What? You did manage to acquire some. No. Ah. Oh. 
Harry, it's like World War II out there. There are helicopters and an army. I take it all back about the tentacle monster. I'm... I'm Go away. Who are you talking about? I live here. He's in there. In the cupboard. Who is? The devil. Old Nick's in our cupboard with a load of your old shirts and Sylvie's dresses. Don't open it. Oh, too late. Oh, oh, that's no devil. That's the Tyler kid. He's coming. He's getting closer. Who is? He's calling me. He wants me to come out and play. I told you. It's the devil. Who are you talking about, Gabriel? Who's calling? The doll. The broken doll. He wants to be my friend. Gabriel, I- I'm taking you home. Your, your mum will be worried sick. No, he needs me. He's dying. He's dying! Gabriel! Gabriel! Confirmed that the area has been sealed off by the military. While emergency services attempt to reach the I mean, just one look and the end form's going to know it's got it wrong. I don't care what state Gabriel's in, or this other kid, they haven't got fangs. Being a vampire isn't a matter of having a cloak and a bad accent. The end form is designed to remove any species found guilty of carrying the vampiric waveform, just as it eradicated all the vampire worlds during the war. Now, run along and find me some smile. Too late, Time Lord. It's happening. Oh, you're not my concern. You're dead and finished, Kappa. My business is with the end form. Can't you feel it? Those boys, those pretty boys, they're getting oh so close, man. Listen to me, Enform. This reactivation is a mistake. You've been triggered by accident. The war is over. The war was won. No! You're lying! Then why didn't you attack when you arrived? I'll tell you why. Because your own security systems are telling you you're wrong. If the war is over and the war is won, how come the signal to reactivate comes from the future? It can't. Your information must be wrong. Nope. Checked. Double checked. Triple checked. Correct codes, the full Monty. The call to arms came from a war yet to come. No, it can't. Another war. A time war. It just goes to show you don't know everything. I mean, little fella, you didn't know the Earth comes to an end in 1987. Maybe it didn't once upon a time, but it does now. The Prime Minister has called for calm, advising everyone in the capital. Hello? The goods are in the car, Mrs. Tyler. Could you get someone to fetch them? Goods? What goods? Who are you? My name's Eva. Eva Jericho. I've come about Stephen. Stephen? You mean... My son. Or rather, your son. Can't you hear him? Hear who? Stephen, listen. There he is again, calling out for his mummy. I called him Peter. Thought you might keep it. But Stephen's a fine name, thank you. Thank you for looking after him. Come into the kitchen, I'll make some tea. All these years, even, you've had all that sickness to carry. Turns out I was the lucky one. Yes, you were. Turns out I did the right thing. If Peter, if Stephen had stayed here in the quadrant, he'd have died years ago. He was better off with you, Mrs Jericho. Yes, he was. 
Just think it, if we'd talked like this, if we'd sat down together, all our lives could have been so much cleaner. Now look at us, eh? Having a cup of tea as the world ends. Now, there are all sorts of things to tell you. So many lists. I've lived my life by lists. You'll get used to it. And if it's a matter of money, then I can help. He deserves the best care. You will look after him, won't you? Look after him? The boy. Your new Gabriel. Now, where's Stephen? You've got Stephen. Yes, I know, Mrs. Tyler, and I'm sorry about the mistake, but that's why I'm here, to exchange the goods. We've been sitting with the wrong sons for the last nine years. Mrs. Jericho! I said, where is he? You can't swap! It doesn't work like that! Gabriel's my son! His name isn't Gabriel now, it's Stephen. You can't take my child! Of course I can. I've done it before with... Jackets and dresses, the purchase was faulty. I'm sorry to bring the law into this, Mrs. Tyler, but I think you'll find it's on my side. It's your fault. You sold me damaged goods. Damaged goods? That's what you think Stephen is? Where is he? You don't know. Your own boy and you don't know where he is. There's your proof, Mrs. Tyler. You're unfit. He needs me. I'll go and fetch the goods myself. Hello? Chris? Chris, there's a doctor with you. Yeah, what is it? It's Mrs. Jericho. She came to the foundation to collect Stephen. She knocked me unconscious. And when I woke up, she was driving off with him. Roz, what are you now? I'm just coming into the quadrant. Doctor, I can see the car. She's here. And Stephen's inside. I, I can see Stephen in the passenger seat. And... Oh, no. What is it? Coming, coming. Gabriel, he's here too. He's running towards the car. Roz, the two boys must not touch. Yeah, I know. They must not come into contact. Just come here. Come here, sweetheart. Your mother's here. You're not my mum. You leave my son alone. Gabriel, stay away from that car. But he's dying. Mummy needs my help. He's dying. Gabriel, Gabriel, your mother's right. Just step away from the car and we'll sort all of this out. Good boy. Good boy, Gabriel. Don't listen to them. You're my son now. You're Stephen. No, no! Hello, Stephen. Hello, Gabriel. No, don't touch! Roz! What happened? Roz! Roz! All right, boys, let's party! Kappa, <laughs> it's reactivated. It's heading for the quadrant. Come on! <laughs> What's going on? Get inside, Bev. Get inside! Oh, Gabriel! What's that? Thing he's holding. That, that's what's left of his twin brother. No, no, no. It's not true. It's all right, Gabriel. Mummy's here. I can observe you. You can be my Stephen. Yes, I can be Stephen, and you can be my mum. Now come and give me a hug and make everything all right. The first Stephen's released. I've watched him edge towards this death. Every day of his life, he's found peace at last. He's not your son. He's my Gabriel. No. There's a new Stephen in the world, a fine and healthy boy. I'll look after him. You'll come with me, won't you, Stephen? Just you and me, a boy and his mother. 
It's the thing off the news! It's homing in on the psychic outburst caused by the reunited Gestalt! Winnie! Bev! Get back to the flat! But Gabriel! That woman, she still has our Gabriel! Yes, I know, Winnie, but I need you to get inside! Both of you, get inside! Come on, Mum! I'm scared. I'm here, precious. I'm here. Mummy's got you, and she's never ever going to let you go. Vampire Wraith! Ron, what's happening? That creature, it's here. It grabbed Mrs. Jericho and Gabriel, lifting them into some sort of mouth. I can't see them now. They've disappeared inside it. What about the others? I've sent Winnie and Beth back to their flat and I'm heading there now. I'll look after them, Roz. I'll be with you soon. Reports are coming in of a series of unexpected deaths across the capital. Witnesses describe seeing more creatures like the one from the Crimea Street disaster. The to be unconnected, but are concentrated in nightclubs and... Oh, sorry, my head... It feels like it's going to explode. It's huge! What you're seeing is Enfarm's ultimate manifestation. What's it doing? Converting the quadrant into a stronghold. Or a temple. It's beautiful. Beautiful? That thing's just killed goodness knows how many people across the city. Everyone who's taken Smile has been transformed into another Enfarm. Don't you think I realize that? Wait here. What? What are you going to do? The only thing I can do, speak to Mrs. Jericho. Sylvie, I'm so sorry. It's not Sylvie you should be worried about, Harry. She knew. She always knew. Yeah, she did. I'm keeping secrets from her. You and me, we're the same, Harry. Always have been. Baby, hold me. Mrs. Jericho and Gabriel! Which is probably good news. It could have just killed them. How can you talk like this is normal? Beth? Beth, get away from the window! <coughs> oh no! You leave her alone! You want her, you go crazy! My throne room, little man. Mrs. Jericho, I presume. There is a new mistress on high. Yes, the informer's discarded the capper and latched onto you instead. 
due to your contamination with what it believes is a vampiric waveform. It found my mind rich and strong and welcomed me as a mother, a mother to 11,000 children. The end forms. Speaking of children, where's Gabriel? Stephen is safe at one with his mother. You do understand, don't you? We're making them happy. Mother and child bestowing their gifts upon the world. This is paradise, little man. Eden unlocked its gates to me and I have built heaven on earth. Yes, I noticed. Very pretty. I'm helping the world escape its pain when no one helped me. Mrs. Jericho, I'm sorry. I truly am. You're sorry! I've had nine years of pain, nine years, but no more. All the humans below are lost, but they can become my children. By becoming informed. You can't decide what is right and wrong here. You've no children of your own. You can never know, poor little man. Mrs. Jericho, you're killing them. You're directing the slaughter of hundreds of innocent people. You don't understand. They won't stop crying. I can hear them all across the planet. Why won't they stop? You must stop first, Mrs. Jericho. Please. No. The web continues, and if I suffer the victory, it will survive. I always do. That's what I'm good at. No, it's time for this to end. For the sake of all the children on Earth. For the sake of your son. My son? What does Stephen have to do with this? My name's Gabriel, and you're not Daniel. I am Stephen. I am a man who loves you very, very much. Then prove it! What? Prove it! If you continue, Stephen will die. He's tainted with the vampiric waveform. The M-form will not permit him to live. Its instructions are clear. Look into its mind if you don't believe me. The war must be fought. The war must be won. So while you still have the upper hand, while you're still in control, end this. Transmit a closed-down signal. But then all the endphones will deactivate. They will die, and I will die along with them. But Stephen will live. It's your decision, Mrs. Jericho, for the sake of your child. What would any mother do? Any real mother? Transmitting closed down signal. Thank you, Mrs. Jericho. Thank you. Now, give me Stephen. According to reports, the creature has ceased activity and is described by people at the scene as melting. While the other creatures sighted throughout the capital seem to have all disappeared, leaving behind thousands the fear The Prime Minister has called for calm, advising everyone in the capital to remain indoors. Firemen, two nights in a row? It's becoming habit forming. Well, at least we're alive, which is more to be said for Skinner's Mrs. Tyler and old Mrs. Earl. Yeah. But... At least I see Mrs. Thomas made it. Tracksuit unscathed. Is that what you said about, about us being the same? No, the, the ceiling is folded in, Harry. It doesn't matter. No, it does. You're right. And now I've been given a second chance. Start again. Properly this time. Honest life. 
true to who I am. <laughs> Can't pay that DM. <laughs> oh, Chris, there you are. We've been looking for you. We? Hello. You must be David. I've had so much about you. I'm the Doctor, and this is Roz. And you know Bev and Gabriel? You're right. Hello, Mr Harvey. What? Oh, no, not him. Not, not the Tyler kid. Oh, don't worry. He's lost his glamour. His what? From now on, he's just a normal nine-year-old boy with all that entail. But with Winnie gone, these two are going to need someone to look after them. So? I, I don't see what you're getting at. Us? Harry. She means us. We couldn't think of anyone better. What? Two men bringing up a couple of kids. Social services will never allow it, not in a million years. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that. I have ways and means. He'll just pop back in time and adjust the paperwork while he's sticking us on the housing list. Well, what do you say? Me? A dad? I'm only 25. Of course we'll look after him. So, what? We have two dads now? Oh, uh... Wicked! Hey, what about me? Don't I get a say? Harry, Sylvie took me in when I was all on my own. What would she do if she was here? I suppose you have a point. You're all right, Doctor. Where, where did they go? No idea. It's a pity. That Chris was one hell of a good kisser. Nineteen-seventy-seven was a white Christmas. So, where were you standing when Bev saw you? She said, outside Red Hamlet, so just about here. You and Chris had better keep out of sight. Yeah, we'll mess up the causal nexus, blah, blah, blah. We can't even warn her. Her mother will die in ten years' time, along with thousands of others, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. That's the curse of time travel. All the people you could save but can't. At least we saved Gabriel and Bev. And the rest of the entire human race, don't forget. Doctor, what the N-Form said about the reactivation signal originating from a war yet to come. Another mystery for another day, Chris. And I never did find out what that institute was.